It was a Tuesday, May 25th, 2004. By mid-afternoon, the temperature was creeping towards 75 degrees. One of those perfect days to take a break from the daily grind of the city, maybe find a patch of shade. And there was this group of people walking a jogging path at the northern tip of Manhattan. It's a section of the city known as Inwood. This group was inside Inwood Hill Park. Unlike other parks in the city, this one is largely natural. Not much landscaping, lots of trees, plenty of places to hide something or someone. And that's the thing about this group of people. They were a volunteer search party and they had just found something very curious. Hard to tell exactly what it was at first. A bunch of leaves and branches, branches from of all places, a tulip poplar tree. Remember that, it's a detail that becomes very important. Anyway, underneath all of this, they found what they were looking for. It was the body of Sarah Fox. My name is Dan Bowens, and you are listening to The Tape Room, a podcast where we open up the tape library here at Fox 5 and take a look back at some of the tri-state area's infamous and unsolved crimes. Tonight, friends are remembering another student who was missing. She turned up murdered, Sarah Fox. She attended Juilliard. Her body was found in a park near her. That's part of our report nearly 13 years ago. The anchor at the time you may recognize. She's now the host of Good Day New York, Rosanna Scotto. She throws it out to a reporter at the scene where people have come to remember Sarah Fox. Some people here tonight knew Sarah Fox well, but many of them didn't know her at all and only in her death but they have all come tonight to honor her life cut tragically short. Me Nearly 100 people gathered outside the Good Shepherd Church in Inwood to sing hymns and pray for 21-year-old Sarah Fox, whose strangled body was discovered on Tuesday. Fox, a young woman, small in stature, just five foot two, but full of energy, a head full of spiky blonde hair. She was a drama student at Juilliard, originally from New Jersey. Her parents were working class, a mother who worked two jobs. Friends, family, even neighbors who didn't know her at all, they said Sarah seemed destined for success. The missing poster police used to try to find the Juilliard student was strewn with rose petals. And on the doorstep of her apartment across the street, a makeshift memorial. Fox had vanished after heading out for a run. Six days later, that's when they found her body at the bottom of a steep ravine near the path where she was known to jog. Her clothes were gone. Police said her body was face up, legs spread apart. She'd been strangled, bones in her neck and one of her ribs broken. And about those tulips, there were two dozen of them. Yellow petals arranged around her in such a way, detectives thought it could be some kind of ritual or tribute killing. Joe Jackalone is a retired NYPD detective sergeant who ran the Bronx Cold Case Squad. He didn't work much on the Fox case, but remembers it well, especially those flowers, how they were arranged. You virtually never see it. Uh, I, I've seen it just because of from being the, the commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, I've seen you know a couple of different varieties of unique signatures. But the day-to-day -day operations that we deal with in New York City are what I refer to as acts of random violence, right? You, someone stepped on someone's sneaker on the subway and they shoot them. Uh, this, this took some thinking behind it. This is probably not the first time that he came across uh, Sarah. And, you know, he's he's taken a piece of her with him. 
Complicating things further, a local botanist confirmed those petals came from somewhere else in the park. The killer must have known the complicated and woodsy terrain. Jackalone, who is now a professor at John Jay College, says even in a big city like New York, this was shocking. One of the things that we always say is you try to connect this to other cases, and you do this in every homicide where you see if this is something similar. And I remember at the time the detectives looking for, we never had one case in New York City that could have been a signature like this. So this was a unique opportunity and it hasn't happened again. The NYPD cast a wide net, not much evidence to work with, just a pink CD player found near the body. Then one man came to the attention of investigators. Name was Dimitri Scheinman, known for wandering around the park with his dog acting strangely. That's what other parkgoers said. The Manhattan DA even naming him the number one suspect, but he was never charged. They couldn't tie him to the crime. His name resurfaced several years later when the self-proclaimed clairvoyant claimed the name of the killer came to him in a vision. It led to nothing, just information that was already in the papers. You need to have that one piece of evidence that ties him to the scene. So they lack that. I mean, they've had, they found DNA at the scene they, that, you know, it doesn't come back to him. So it was a cold case until eight years later, something very odd. Well, this may or may not be a break in the case, but one thing is for certain here tonight, police are in the process of trying to track down the people in that surveillance video from the Occupy Wall Street action back in the spring. In 2012, detectives matched DNA from a metal chain connected to Occupy Wall Street protesters. They'd used it to hold open a subway door. You may remember those demonstrations. They flooded the financial district in lower Manhattan, criticizing worldwide economic inequality. So what did this chain mean? At the time, we interviewed Dr. Lawrence Koblinski, a professor of forensic science, also at John Jay College. It might be somebody who sold them the chain, or it just might be somebody who came by, saw the chain on the gate and touched it, and left their cells on the chain. Uh, it could be something totally innocent. But it was nothing, a mistake. The DNA match turned out to be a result of an error by a lab worker who'd handled both cases. The Sarah Fox case is like many other cold cases that we see. There are at least one or two good suspects. It's just that we lack the evidence you know, to be able to prove it. And police departments from all across the country struggle with situations just like this. And so for Sarah Fox, just 21 years old, a promising actress, her story is not finished. A final chapter seeking justice. You can find photos of Sarah on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash TV. Don't forget the TV. If you have information, you're always urged to call Crime Stoppers, 1-800-577-TIPS. The Tape Room is produced by me, Dan Bowens. It's part of the Fox 5 network of podcasts. Matt Onimus mixes it all down and makes us sound good. Special thanks on this one to Mio Abe and Suzanne Watt. Lou Leone is our vice president and general manager. And of course, Byron Harmon is vice president of news and our news director. 
the Fox 5 News tape room holds countless cases of unsolved crimes, we think it's important to bring these stories back into the light. Here's what else we're working on for our first season. In upcoming episodes, we travel back to 1986, the mysterious murder of Chaim Weiss. He was just a teenager, rabbinical student at the Torin High School in Long Beach, Long Island. He was asleep in his dorm room one November evening. By morning, he was found beaten to death. Nearly three decades later, police are still trying to solve this gruesome murder. And from our video library, we take a look back at our reports of the death of Nancy Noga. The police department in Sayreville, New Jersey, has vowed they will never stop searching for her killer. The high school senior, a young woman who worked two jobs, vanished one January night. Five days later, her frozen body was discovered not far from where she worked. The local police not giving up, saying, quote, there is not a statute of limitations for murder, and we remain resolved to solve this crime and bring the responsible party to justice. These stories and more coming up on the first season of The Tape Room.